meals, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, well, we have a lot of uh, new bits, tidbits to uh, share with you. Uh, a couple of things um, about the debate. Uh, the debate uh, that was uh, the two nights ago, or, or the other night, uh, Wednesday night, I guess it was, Um there's a lot of things that are coming out about that debate uh, that's kind of interesting. Um, one, Vivek Ramaswamy's transgender comment is getting some headway. But what's interesting about it is it dipped under 10 million viewers. That's uh, the really unheard of low. Um, typically, you're looking at 25, uh, 17 million, stuff like that. It's dropped three and a half million since the first debate. So three and a half million less. And of course, Trump became the winner and even Gavin Newsom, who hijacked because it was in California, hijacked the green room or basically the after room, uh, the post post game show and hijacked that and gave campaign speeches as if he was running for something. And then he and DeSantis are going to have this debate. And DeSantis is sitting in the middle. Of course, DeSantis doesn't have a snowball's chance in Florida of winning anything against Donald Trump, and he knows it. So it was interesting because one of the um, announcers was basically someone that was like Soros-backed which was kind of an interesting thing in and of itself. Um, the uh, There was a, a, a one of the uh, panelists was basically a Soros-backed uh, individual. I don't even know where she came from. And, you know, she was sitting up there and she was asking kind of uh, antagonistic questions Um about immigration and things like that that are just like silly. And then you realized 
that there was more going on there than you know than meets the eye. Of course, uh, her name. <clears throat> yeah, I had to look it up. It says here Biden influenced the Fox News GOP debate. It wasn't Soros; it was Biden. That's right. I, I knew I was getting that story mixed up. Secret Service getting off the bed. Secret Service logs revealed debate moderator Leah Calderon whom strangely asked Republican candidates pro-illegal immigration questions echoing White House open borders policy has met with President Biden in the White House. So, Elvin Civics wrote, Things we learned in the last 24 hours. A $250,000 wire for Hunter Biden in 2019 from China with Joe Biden's address as the beneficiary, emails showing a U.S. attorney would would not allow FBI agents to investigate the Bidens for FARA violations, a letter Hunter Biden wrote to the Ukraine prosecutor that replaced Shokin demanding he stop the criminal investigation into Burisma or his dad would get him fired too. Is that enough for no evidence crowd yet? So, you know, he's talking about the uh, the Democrats saying there's no evidence and that everything that happened happened to Joe Biden. Everything that Joe Biden allegedly did happened while he was a private citizen, not as VP or. But that's all hogwash. And we're going to get to the bottom of that a little bit today. You know, the, the problems are so big that we, we, we've revealed, what we've done is we've revealed the iceberg underneath the surface. And it's quite substantial that we've been lied to. As Republicans, no wonder, you know, it is a unit party. As Republicans, no wonder we're, we're, we're jaded and we're conspiratorial. Because everything that we thought we knew was a lie. The Bush dynasty. You know, we used to think that the Bushes stood for something. And we realized, no, they are as bad as, you know, and when we think back in the history of our lives, like when we thought it was a good thing when Herbert Walker Bush and Bill Clinton got in the helicopter and flew over Haiti and were going to help out. At the time, I, I think I was so naive. I thought, oh, look at that, reaching across the aisle. Isn't that nice? Two presidents. And now I realize, no, this is not. Believe what your eyes are seeing. Your eyes are not lying to you. What it seems like, what it is, it is. Don't try to sugarcoat it. Don't try to put that sugar on it and make it taste good. There's no love between the government and the people that they are there to serve. And we're learning that from both sides. Arizona is in a hot mess because of the McCain dynasty in Arizona. That's why Arizona is so corrupt. Patrick Bet David just had a great interview with Carrie Lake. She's got another she's got another court battle in Arizona, and this time it's about signature verification. And she even said the judges 
are so radically left and in the tank for the left, it's not even funny. But she said she's going to die on that hill, despite the fact that she was offered paybacks and bribes from back east to do the right thing, to drop the charges, to don't run again in the next cycle. She was, pay, she was offered bribed to, to not run. And she said, no, nah, I'm going to continue with pushing out my book and I'm going to uh, follow my own path. And Patrick Bet David went into, you know, um, he was talking about this, uh, the guy who invented the uh, the intermittent wiper blades. <laughs> I thought it was an interesting observation. And somehow he was embroiled in ba- bitter battles with Ford and, and Chrysler. And he was offered $30 million to admit he was wrong. And at the time, in the 60s and 70s, this uh, guy, you know, they made a movie out of it. Speaking of Arizona, I could have talked about this yesterday, but Katie Hobbs, you know, she 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 uh, stepped away from the governorship for a day, and a lot of people on the right, you know, took the bait just like a fish on a hook, chomped down on it like a worm, squiggling. And basically just said, ah, see. And the person that wrote the letter and said, I am now the governor for the next 24 hours until Katie Hobbs from wherever she is comes back and runs, starts running the state again. And everybody thought, yep, this is the beginning of the end. She's out. And frankly, I think what it was 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 basically that she was up to no good. There are certain things a private citizen can do, just like private companies. This is why the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street and all these multinational corporations that make up the global corporate partnerships, which is in essence the super monopoly of all monopolies, that are basically running foreign policy, domestic policy, and lining the pockets and greasing the palms of all the major media outlets to carry the narrative, that bucket of water they call the narrative, and line the pockets and grease the palms of all the politicians that vote on policies. You're not being represented. Until this private money, this private corporate money, is taken out of politics, you're never going to be represented. And so there's a lot of things that these corporations can do that the government can't do because of the constitutional protections afforded to the citizens. But they don't these constitutional protections that the government is bound by are not Uh, They don't bind the hands of the corporations that feed the government. And so, therefore, that's the way you get it done. And they knew that this is not new. Klaus Schwab started the World Economic Forum in 1971. I mean, this is not new, folks. 
This has been going on since the FDR days, one of the more corrupt presidents of all, all time. And this is just, you know, when there's a lot of money and power, you have a lot of people that just will do anything for that money and power. So what I'm saying is, is as Republicans, we have to look at it and say, don't look at that little golden nugget. Like every time Hunter Biden or the Biden crime family gets something against them, a shiny object about like a guy with the blonde hair and a red tie and a blue suit gets an indictment and the media wants to talk about the shiny object in the room because there's nothing shiny about the Biden crime family. It's dirty. It's muddy. It's dull. It's standard fair for the inside the beltway politics and shenanigans, the uni party. And what we're finding is that this uni party that we thought was, you know, we thought these candidates had our backs and they don't. You know, you take Colton Moore uh, down in Georgia. Colton Moore, a Republican part of the Georgia GOP. <laughs> this makes me makes me want to cry, actually. But he stands up and he goes after Fannie Willis, the DA in in Fulton County. And he says, we want to impeach. Let's proceed with impeachment of Fannie Willis, who rolled out all these senseless indictments against everybody on the team, on Team Trump. And it's a political witch hunt. It's a it's an absolute disgrace. It's what is tearing the fabric of our country apart. It's killing our country right before our eyes. Almost like as if you were Caesar in the Colosseum watching the gladiators kill each other. Like, it's madness. Aren't we civilized? Or I should say, are we entertained? Um... The thing is, is that they voted him out of the, the the Republican caucus. So he's duly elected by the people. They can't get rid of him. But they're saying, you're no longer welcome in the Republican Party. And it all because he stood up and said, we need to get rid of the attorney general. And we need to vote her out. And because he shined a light on the election fraud in Georgia, these spineless little cowards had the nerve to go against that guy. You take Elon Musk, a lifelong liberal Elon Musk, voted for Biden Elon Musk. And here's where the trick is, and here's where it gets really interesting. It gets interesting because I believe in my heart of hearts that Elon Musk is a globalist. And I believe in my heart of hearts that Elon Musk is conflicted. And I believe in my heart of hearts that Elon Musk is very logical and very smart. And he himself is conflicted. Because I think in my heart of hearts, Elon Musk is one of these, um, uh, he's one of these smart guys that has some principles. And I think his his allegiance is with logic. 
And so I think that Elon Musk and his allegiance with logic can't allow himself to be stupid like a Democrat is, like a Democrat usually is. I mean, when you listen to these Democrats on Capitol Hill with Jonathan Turley in the works, you know, all these people talking about the impeachment indictment or inquiry, I should say, not indictment, impeachment inquiry. You know, Democrats, you know, they're basically saying, where's the evidence? And the evidence is everywhere. And the Democrats are just playing so dumb. And it's why, you know, the Republicans will, will actually throw their own out on the street, just like they did in Georgia, right? And they'll turn on you. And you can never get a voter block. Like Ken Paxton, Paxton said, the Democrats only have about 60 and 160 chamber in the legislature in Texas, and or 65 or something like that. So it's a number similar to that. And they vote in a block, and they literally only need like 85 votes in order to vote for speaker. So they only need to get like 10, 20 more votes from Republicans, and they can buy those. Because the Republicans never vote in a block. That's number one. Number two, back to Elon Musk. He was down along the border, and he was videotaping and exposing the southern border. And that was a bridge too far for Biden. So Biden opened up a fourth indictment against Elon Musk in the last 24 hours. Unbelievable what's going on with Mayorkas and Biden and the millions of people that are coming through the southern border to basically work as slaves and to uh, get an ID so that the ballot har- the the election fraud can continue. They're going to figure out a way to give the, everybody 30 days to vote, and they're going to figure out a way to send every ballot out to every person, whether you're legal or illegal, and they're going to pick up these ballots, and the illegal person that got the ballot doesn't even know they got the ballot. They don't even know that they're registered. They don't even know what an election is. They don't even know it. They're somewhere in the country, somewhere, but there's an address with their name on it, and it's going to get a ballot, and a Democrat ballot harvester is going to know exactly where it is to pick it up, fill it out, and they're probably going to have some sort of a a printer device that's going to use real ink to factorize, you know, manufacture handwritten signatures. I mean they're going to they're going to get this and it's it's going to be game over unless we get a court system that could actually look at the voter fraud and say so long as there's voter fraud so as long as there's a violation of chain of custody so long as fraud can happen and all you got to do is prove that fraud can happen and of course, everybody knows, and, and if you watch the interview with, with Patrick Beth David and uh, Carrie Lake, it makes very clear, you know, there's no way, and if you listen to Ken Paxton 
And his interview with Tucker Carlson and his speech that he gave over at the Heritage, all of which I've played for you, they say there's just no way that you can police or prevent fraud with mail-in balloting, especially when you have up to 27 to 30 days of voting. And you can vote without a signature verification and you can vote with a mask on and drop off 10,000 mail ballots in Pennsylvania and call it, you know, you're just doing a favor for a nursing home. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. When are we going to get back to the basics here in our country? Is there anybody that cares about the future and existence of our country? We do not have a country if we have open borders. We do not have a country if we don't have fair and honest elections. It's as simple as that. But the Democrats have scorned and sold out to the globalists so much that there's no one in any country that is a globalist leader that is liked or adored or loved by their people. Not one. Justin Trudeau, Jacinda Ardern, when she was the head of uh, New Zealand, there isn't one globalist leader that's practicing globalist policies that are mandating human behaviors that's adored by his people. Where are they getting the votes? Of course, we know that it's all about fraud. That's how they're getting the votes. And then in other news that came out, Ukraine Defense Minister Reznikov, Alexei Reznikov, just bought his daughter a small wedding gift, a $7 million Euro villa in Cannes, France. Wow. I could play this for you, but it's in, uh, if you, it's right here. But I have something better because uh, I have an interview that will just blow your mind. It's with Zelensky. Listen to this. Talking about Reznikov, Aletsky Reznikov, his the defense, the minister of defense, the defense minister didn't run off with a billion. He so Zelensky saying. Reznikov didn't run off with a billion dollars from American taxpayers. He ran off with the money from the Ukrainian taxpayers. We're the ones that should be upset. We're firing. First of all, you have to know all these cases, all all these cases are not with the help, are not connecting that, as not connected with the help of our partners. So it's not about the weapon of our partners, or money for the weapon, or uh, money for the uh, budget to uh, give uh, pensions, social support, etc. It's uh, in other cases. It's not about the partners. So, so part- this, these are Ukrainian these funds? These are Ukrainian been- cases, but anyway, yes, but anyway, it doesn't matter for me. Now, we will fight and will in the, and win in this war. But again, I'm underlining it's not the money of our partners. Also, it's important to know. Finally, 600 days of war for you, nonstop work. Um, 
how are you holding up and do you get depressed do you how how are you managing what a moron from no, no, no. i'm 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 okay so i can live with it and i i sometimes sometimes i don't i don't have a lot of time but sometimes i'm looking on my children yes oh he's going to play yeah. to his heartstrings in ukraine yeah, where you yeah, yeah, right. All right, well, here's the thing. The guy's doing crack and cocaine on his plane, like nonstop. And in fact, Justin Trudeau went to the G20 and was so high on cocaine, and they were doing it like left and right, that he couldn't even function and show up at all the different events that he had scheduled. These are radical monsters. This guy's doing coke. From what I, I've read and heard, this guy is drugging it up. And he's got a lot of women. He's got a lot of properties. And they're taking our money. Now they're saying, oh, well, it's Ukrainian money. Well, <laughs> it's, like, it's like a ballot uh, harvest, right? It's like a ballot you know, in Philadelphia, for example, all these ballots came in on a skid from a truck in the middle of the night, and they didn't. They threw away the envelope, the signature envelope. They threw those in one bin, and they could never match them up again. Here's the ballot. They should have been numbered, right? There should have been like index numbers that match up the outside envelope with the ballot that you could track the signature and see if it matches up with the person. But they said, no, those are gone forever. Those are in the waistband of whatever. Waistband of uh, whatever. So they're gone. Same thing. When the money comes in, just like with um, digital donations going into the Ukrainian National Bank, managed by FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried, is still free. Right? After he donated billions of dollars to Democrat candidates all over the place. Again, it was laundering. It was under the disguise of all these different globalist leaders saying, donate and help Ukraine, give whatever you can. And they gave it in digital currency, and it ended up going back into the pockets of Democrat politicians. Here, Zelensky is admitting that he took in, not only last week did I play you the audio clip, Zelensky said, yes, we brought in Azov. Azov is a swastika-wearing Nazi group, but they are now part of the Ukrainian army. That was number one. Number two, he's saying, yes, the money has been going out to house, buy houses and stuff like that, but... That's not our partners. Our partners' money, that's not being... Uh, there's no way to prove it because we wanted to do an audit before we gave another red cent. And guess what? They said no to the audit. And then they go, why do you want to slow the money down? This They need it now. And it's people like Lindsey Graham that are pushing this and all these different rhinos and uni party people, these neocons and these Democrats are joined at the hip. The John McCain disciples that ran Arizona into the ground is what's happening. So Ukraine is a joke. We were right about that.
And that's just that. So the situation down at the southern border, a nation without borders, here at the border uh, where Elon Musk was, is cutting the barbed wire to let these folks in. So um, that's what they're doing. And so what happened was Elon Musk weighed in on it and took videos. He said, situation is beyond insane and growing fast. So as a result of that, um, they decided to issue a fourth indictment of Elon Musk, which is, you know, so obvious, right? That you got a, you got a, uh, you got a, a, a law enforcement agency that's just going after, after uh, political adversaries. Uh, from the one of the most corrupt uh, people uh, that's ever been in politics. All right, I was trying to find... Um, yeah, right here. Stephen Miller wrote this. We now live in a fascist country. The Biden administration just opened its fourth investigation into Elon Musk that we know of since he purchased this platform and challenged security state censorship. This is undisguised third world retaliation to a muzzle and punish dissent to re, uh, retaliation to muzzle and punish dissent. So EEOC sues Tesla alleging widespread racism, racist harassment of black workers, retaliation against those who spoke out. Well, isn't Elon Musk African-American? I don't know. So Paul Sperry writes, breaking CNN, MSNBC, and the big three TV networks have all blacked out coverage of today's, this was yesterday, I guess, today's impeachment inquiry, only the fourth president impeachment inquiry in U.S. history, in stark contrast to their wall-to-wall coverage of the 2019 Trump impeachment inquiry. Media bias. Remember the wall-to-wall coverage? Remember how they got Woodward and Bernstein and 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 John Dean, uh, uh, the Dean character from Watergate, and said, "Oh, this is worse than Watergate." They tried to play it up like they were doing a rehearsal for an, a period piece of Watergate 2.0. Donald Trump just keeps on trucking, though, debates and all. It's all over television, this speech. You know, we're competing with the job candidates. They're all running for a job. No, they're all job candidates. They want to be in the, uh, they want to do anything. Secretary of something. They even say VP. I don't know. Does anybody see any VP in the group? I don't think so. No, no, we're, uh, we're, that's right. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? They don't have a crowd like we have. When you look at the thousands of people out Yeah, there was thousands too. Yeah, Donald Trump is a rock star. So here's what's interesting. So there, this is going on trending over the internet. So Vivek Ramaswamy says this, transgenderism, especially in kids, is a mental health disorder. And the fact checkers said this is false. Being transgender, and then this is the fact check response, okay? Now listen to this. This is the 
this is the this is the, it says this is false. All right, this is a fact checker. In response to Vivek Ramaswamy saying this, okay, hang on, we're going to listen to it. I have to be very clear about this. Transgenderism, especially in kids, is a mental health disorder. We have to acknowledge the truth of that for what it is. And I'm sorry, it is not compassionate to affirm a kid's confusion. That is not compassion, that is cruelty. So I will ban genital mutilation or chemical castration under the age of... And then Dana, of course, is like interrupting him because "Ah, that's too much for us to hear. Dana Perino, who cherishes and praises Hillary Clinton in the week leading up to this. We'll get to that in a second. So Vivek Ramaswamy says that the New York Times issued a real time fact check, real time of this statement as false. But gender identity disorder was listed as a mental health disorder by the American Psychiatric Association until 2013. They then reclassified it as gender dysphoria to remove the the stigma, in quotes, meaning they they only changed it to remove the stigma. So here, uh, they say this is false. Being transgender is not a mental health disorder, they say. They say. Many, tra- many transgender people experience gender dysphoria or psycho. Here's it's going to get interesting. Gender dysphoria or psychological distress as a result of the incongruence between their sex and their gender identity. You know, their dysphoria. And then it says this. This is the kicker. Gender dysphoria is a diagnosis in the Psychiatric Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders and can be given to children, adolescents, or adults. So they call it mental disorder in the... uh, is a diagnosis. So gender dysphoria is a diagnosis in the Psychiatric Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders and can be given to children, that diagnosis can be given to children, adolescents, or adults. It's written up in the Mental Disorders Book Manual. Gender dysphoria. The diagnosis of gender dysphoria uh, could be uh, in the psych is written up in the Manual for Mental Disorders. But yet, They said, Vivek's statement, transgenderism, especially in kids, is a mental health disorder. They said this is false. Of course, that's ridiculous. And if you could make words fungible, then you have no definition of anything, which is exactly what they're trying to do. And, you know, shame on Dana Perino for cutting him off, right? So Dana Perino probably asked the stupidest question of the whole debate. And here it is. She got chastised for this. Which one of you on stage tonight should be voted off the island? Like, who, like anybody cares. They're all Please off the use island. use your marker to write your choice on the notepad in front of you. 15 <laughs> seconds. 
starting now. Of the people on the stage, who should be? I'm absolutely serious. With all due respect, I mean, we're here. Like, you know, we're happy to debate. But I think that that's disrespectful to my fellow competitors. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to participate. Some questions. So they didn't take the bait. Good for them. All right. So check this out. So the Clinton global standing behind the sign behind her, you know, the uh, wall behind her says Clinton global initiative. This is Dana Perino just a week before the debate. Clinton, here she is. Of, of, of our organization, of, right, our, right here. of our organization with somebody that you are here to see the amazing Secretary Hillary Clinton. Here she is. This is the George Bush person, Dana Perino. And they, they're, they're, they're shaking hands. They're having a nice little conversation. Of our and uh, I don't know how, how she could bring herself to saying stuff like that. But uh, it is what it is. All right, we're going to get to a couple of, uh, we're running uh, low on time here. But um, all right, so I did told you in the beginning of the show, uh, Georgia State Senator Colton Moore kicked out of GOP caucus over calls to investigate DA Fannie Willis. Moore slammed the Senate GOP decision, accusing members of acting like children. And uh, let's see, I don't know if I can... There is an audio clip of this. We'll see if I can get that. On Thursday, uh, Georgia State Senate Colton Moore revealed that he had been kicked out of the Republican caucus over his calls to investigate Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis. And uh, let's see if I can get that. Nah, I don't have an audio for that. Um, and... It says more slammed the Senate GOP today. Today's removal is a direct result of me calling on my Republican colleagues in the Senate to do their job and sign onto an emergency session to investigate Fannie Willis. More more said in a statement, the Georgia Constitution clearly outlines the legislative legislature's power to call on an emergency session to investigate a judicial officer after urging Republican Senate colleagues to join me, they responded by acting like children and throwing me out of the caucus. And he stands by his principles. In August, Moore sent a letter to Governor Brian Kemp marking the first step towards impeachment, uh, impeaching Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, who indicted 2024 GOP frontrunner Donald Trump, including violating the state racketeering influence and corrupt organizations RICO Act. So he he officially did that, and he got he got you know basically this Kemp guy that's running the running the show over in Georgia. How did he get to be so powerful? He got to be so powerful because of leverage. It's not because of his likability. So Paul Sperry wrote this. We're going to switch gears. House Impeachment Inquiry Chairman James Comer earlier this evening, and that's just last night, issued subpoenas to Wells Fargo and other banks for all records related to the president's brother, James Biden, and his wife, Sarah's Lion Hall Group, which received financial transfers from Chinese sources. Hmm, I wonder what that was about. 
Yesterday was a crap show, and everybody knows it. Um, Jasmine Crockett has officially proven that the black community is done for, says Malcolm Flex, a black uh, Twitter tweeter. She got a... So basically, even her colleagues were embarrassed. So she, she, she was so embarrassing. This is what she wrote about the racist Joe Biden. Let me tell you something. I don't want to talk about what y'all want to act like is some big mystery. This is a congresswoman. And Professor Gerhardt, just, just to be clear, as my colleagues have even tried to provide evidence, which they're not the ones to provide This is evidence, a Saturday Night Live have sketch. Have you ever heard them say, if, since we've been sitting here for I don't know how long? Yes, I, I, um, I've been taking a tally. More than 35 times the Republican witnesses and Republican members of the committee have used the word if. Thank you so much for that, because honestly, if they would continue to say if or Hunter and we were playing a drinking game, I would be drunk by now, because I promise you they have not talked about the subject of this, which would be the president. But let me tell you something that was so disturbing as I walked in to this chamber today. As I prepared, I said, what is the crime? Because when you're talking about impeachment, you're talking about high crimes or misdemeanors. And I, I can't seem to find the crime. And honestly, no one has testified of what crime they believe the president Bank of the statements. United States has committed. But when we start talking about things that look like evidence, they want to act like they blind. They don't know what this is. These are our national Who taught secrets. this girl how to talk? Looks like in the shit She's a me. congresswoman. This looks like... More evidence of our national secrets, say on a stage at Maryland. She's throwing papers around. When, when we're talking about somebody that's committed high crimes, it's at least indictments. Let's say 32 counts related to unauthorized retention of national security secrets. Seven counts related to obstructing the Go on, because he's got 91 counts pending right now. But I will tell you what the president has been guilty of. He has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally. So anyway... She, she's, this is the part. Additionally, and that is the only evidence that they have brought forward. And honestly, I hope and pray that my parents love me half as much as he loves his child. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. She's been drinking the Kool-Aid. This is the racist Joe Biden once upon a time. No matter or not whether or not they had no background that enabled them to have, to uh, become a, a social, uh, become socialize into the fabric of society. It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. So I don't want to ask what made them do this. They must be taken off the street unless we do something about that cadre of young people, tens of thousands of them, Born out of wedlock, without parents, without supervision, without any structure, without any conscience developing, because they literally, I yield myself three more minutes, because they literally have not been socialized, they literally have not had an opportunity. We should focus on them now, not out of a liberal instinct for love, brother, and humanity, although I think that's a good instinct, but for simple, pragmatic reasons. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. 
And Madam President, we have predators on our streets. They are beyond the pale, many of those people. Beyond the pale. And it's a sad commentary on society. We have no choice but to take them out of society. And the truth is, we don't very well know how to rehabilitate them at that point. That's the sad truth. I'm the guy that said rehabilitation. When it occurs, we don't understand it and notice it. And when we, even when we notice it and we know it occurs, we don't know why. So you cannot make rehabilitation a condition for release. That's why in our system, there's the federal system, you serve 85% of your time. We must make the streets safer. I don't care why someone is a malefactor in society. I don't care why someone is antisocial. I don't care why they become a sociopath. We have an obligation to cordon them off from the rest of society. <laughs> right. Where is that Joe Biden? <laughs> He's allowing all kinds of diseases and criminals into our southern border, and he doesn't give two hoots because it's it's tearing the middle class apart. I said years ago, when I got back from Italy, I said one thing that's missing is the middle class. And I said there's peasants and there's elites. You can walk in a store and buy a pair of pants for $1,500, and the, person, the clerk, of course, is not even able to live in that town. And, you know, the thing is about all that is you tear across... It's the middle class that gives the country strength and backbone. It's it's the spine of a country, and uh, we are we have lost that. We have lost that way. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play. Uh, wow, there's so many uh, things I want to do here. I want to play um, this uh, James Comer clip. Since assuming our Republican majority in January, the House Oversight and Accountability Committee has uncovered a mountain of evidence revealing how Joe Biden abused his public office for his family's financial gain. For years, President Biden has lied to the American people about his knowledge of and participation in his family's corrupt business schemes. At least 10 times, Joe Biden lied to the American people that he never spoke to his family about their business dealings. He lied by telling the American people that there was an absolute wall between his official government duties and his personal life. Let's be clear. There was no wall. The door was wide open to those who purchased what a business associate described as the Biden brand. Evidence reveals that then-Vice President Joe Biden spoke, dined, and developed relationships with his family's foreign business targets. These business targets include foreign oligarchs who sent millions of dollars to his family. It also includes a Chinese national who wired a quarter of a million dollars to his son. Joe Biden also lied to the American people about his family making money in China. He continued to lie about it even when the House Oversight Committee uncovered bank wires revealing how the Bidens received millions from Chinese companies with significant ties to Chinese intelligence and the Chinese Communist Party. Just this week, we uncovered two additional wires sent to Hunter Biden that originated in Beijing from Chinese nationals. This happened when Joe Biden was running for president of the United States, and Joe Biden's home is listed as the beneficiary address. To date... Now, see, that part I don't think is illegal because he was a private citizen. So, you know, I understand the left putting that out there like that. 
Now, of course, Joe Biden lied, but they're going to write that off as lying is not a crime um, when you're running for office. The House Oversight Committee has uncovered how the Bidens and their associates created over 20 shell companies, most of which were created when Joe Biden was vice president and raked in over $20 million between 2014 and 2019. We've also identified nine Biden family members who have participated in or benefited from these shady business schemes. Now, what were the Bidens selling? To- uh, the other part of these incomes that that's a crime that uh, that lady uh, didn't recognize is that they didn't pay tax on these these dollars. They, they were basically seeing and this is, I heard this commentary yesterday. And what's interesting about it is it's it's you know how you they've said the cover up is worse than the crime. Well, in this case, the cover up was that they didn't they didn't um file it. They didn't put it on the books. It was off the books. And that they received income if they reported it to the IRS, then it would have been traceable and trackable. But they covered it all up with shell companies and things like that. And therein lies the crime. The cover-up was part of the crime. It was what caused them to do the crime. Nancy Mace, I want to get this in before the end of the show. So Comer you know, goes into really good methodical stuff. That's up on my social media. Uh, it's x.com slash Scott Adams show. Check me out. Follow me there. Um, and listen to this. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, in 2019, Representative Nancy Raskin Mace didn't think South a House Carolina. vote was needed for an actual impeachment inquiry. And to quote uh, Representative Raskin, he said in 2019, there's no formal constitutional or statutory or even the House rule for how an impeachment inquiry is to begin. And so it means different things to different people. I don't want to hear another word from the left or anyone across the other side of the aisle about impeachment inquiry. This is complete and total hypocrisy this morning. Today, we're going to bring the facts. Today, we are going to bring the evidence. In 2017, the Joe Biden family teamed up with Chinese company CEFC to make millions off of granting access to Joe Biden. Hunter even arranged for Joe Biden to share office space with the CCP-aligned company CEFC. My Democrat colleagues say none of this is relevant because Joe Biden wasn't vice president while his family did these shady deals. Turns out that's complete and total bullshit. It's a lie. Hunter Biden referred to access to his father as the keys to his family's only asset. Those words are going to come back and haunt Hunter Biden and his family forever. Yesterday, the Ways and Means Committee released an FBI memo on the interview they had with Tony Bobulinski, a former Biden partner in crime. I'll read a bit of that right now. The work conducted by CEFC, Gilear, Walker, Hunter Biden, James Biden, and Yee over the preceding two years was discussed in detail. In particular, CEFC was closing significant investment deals in Poland, Kazakhstan, Romania, Oman, and the Middle East during this period of time. Period of time is in reference to the years 2015 and 2016, when guess what? Joe Biden was vice president. As an aside, Rob Walker, in previous testimony, also confirmed that Joe Biden attended a meeting with the head of CEFC. So now we know CEFC was working with the Biden family while Joe Biden was vice president. And I'll continue reading from Tony Bobulinski's report. 
which says, and I quote Bobolinsky, Hunter Biden and James Biden did not receive compensation because Joe Biden was still vice president during this time period. There is a concern it would be improper for payments to be made to Hunter Biden and James Biden by CEFC due to its close affiliation with the Chinese government. Hunter Biden and James Biden both wanted to be compensated for the assistance they had provided to CEFC's ventures. In particular, they believe CEFC owed them money for the benefits that accrued to CEFC through its use of the Biden family name to advance their business dealings. The Bidens, coincidentally, were paid over a million dollars by CCP-affiliated Chinese company CEFC shortly after Joe Biden left office as vice president. Now we know why, because it was back pay. I'm going to show another image. This is a text message between Hunter Biden and Gong Dong, an agent of CEFC. Hunter says, my uncle will be here with his brother, in all caps, who would like to say hello to the chairman. He goes on, Jim's brother, if he's coming, wants to say hello. His uncle's brother. Hmm. I wonder who that could be. I can't quite figure it out. Hunter puts brother in all caps, and it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, but since I'm not always dealing with geniuses, and Washington, D.C. has been illustrated today, I'll spell it out. The brother of Hunter... Hunter's uncle, Jim, is Joe Biden. Why was Hunter so secretive about his father? I'm going to tell you why. It's because Joe Biden didn't want the American people to know he and his family were getting paid millions and millions of dollars from a company closely tied to the Chinese Communist Party. CEFC knew paying Biden family members was bad, so they covered it up. Hunter knew Joe Biden hanging out with CCP businessmen would be a bad look, so he tried to pull a genius move on us with this whole my uncle's brother bullshit. We already know the president took bribes from Burisma. I also want to add, betraying your country is treason. Mr. Chairman, I ask unanimous consent to enter into the record this text message between Hunter Biden and Gong Dong and the FBI memo regarding their interview with Tony Bobolinsky showing Joe Biden's connections to CFC during his vice presidency. Without objection, so ordered. Professor Turley, we got 30 seconds. In your experience in reviewing cases of fraud, do people who are conducting legitimate business usually go through these efforts and hoops to keep their foreign entanglements hidden? Yes, the, the, the issue with, with, with influence peddling is that um, it can, in some circumstances, be legal, but it's not something that necessarily is made public. The public does not buy into the idea that you can sell your family brand if it's influence peddling. Well, and it's also treason. And look at the Chinese policy that we have had to endure under the Biden regime. So there you go. Um, he's made good on his promise, and the Bidens got rich off of it as they have with a lot of other shenanigans. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Please visit magapack.org. Make a donation, if you can, to help keep this show commercial-free. Use Red State over at MyPillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.